Well, welcome. We are glad that you are here. And I want to take a moment before we get into the message today and uh, let you know of a couple of things. One thing that we're going to do first is many of you are aware uh, that uh, today has been declared a national day of prayer. And so we're going to take just a moment. And I know uh, in light of everything that's going on in our world and in our country and uh, precautions that are being taken and all of that, we want to say two things, really. Uh, we don't want to be led by fear. Uh, that's never a good thing. And, and at the same time, we want to use wisdom. <laughs> and so we're encouraging you. And for us as a church, we're not going to be led by fear, but we're going to use wisdom. And that's why today things were uh, things like surfaces and kids check in and, and different things like that. All the, you know, extra precautions of wiping things down, you know, multiple times before and after services so that uh, we can we can take those precautions, but we want to encourage you, don't be led by fear. Uh, God has not given you a spirit of fear, and he's in control of everything that's going on. God is not surprised. I heard somebody say it this way, nothing has ever occurred to God. God did not did not wake up this morning and think, oh no, what should I do about what's going on in the world? God is aware. And so we want to take uh, we want to take just a moment and along with many, 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 many other people across our country, we're going to take a moment and pray for our country, pray for leadership, uh, pray for uh, just just everybody that's been affected by what's going on. And so if you want to, uh, you can pray out loud, you can lift your hands, you can close your eyes, whatever you want to do, but let's just, let's pray together. Can we do that? God, we thank you today for who you are. We know that nothing surprises you, that you are not caught off guard by what's going on in our world and in people's lives around us. Lord, we thank you today that uh, that you are still in control, that you are still on the throne, that 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 you are still over everything. And so, God, we pray right now, along with just people all across our country, for our country, for the leadership, for guidance, for doctors and medical professionals and people that have been affected by this virus that's going around. Lord, we just thank you for wisdom. We thank you for leading and guiding. Lord, we thank you that we can be led by by faith and not fear, Lord, that you can give us wisdom to know what to do and and when to do it and 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 that we can just be led by you in that way even in times of uncertainty. And we give you all the praise, honor and glory in Jesus name. And everybody said, "Amen." I want to uh, remind, or I want to let you know, many of you have seen it probably on social media, but uh, this year Easter is four weeks away, and so we're going to let you know from now every week. We'll kind of keep you updated, but um, we are going to have three services. So service times that are normally 9.30 and 11.15 will be a little bit different on Easter. Uh, we will have an 8.30, a 10 o'clock, and an 11.30, and here's what we would encourage you to do is to have one that you're going to attend and then have one where you can serve other people, where you can serve uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ, where you can serve people that uh, may be coming to church for the first time in a long time, and uh, God may be about to uh, reveal himself in a real way, and we have the opportunity to serve people on that day. And so don't forget about that. We'll let you know so that you don't forget, and we'll have it posted everywhere. And it's going to be a great day. We're looking forward to it. And uh, last weekend... We began a new series that we are calling The Offensive Gospel, and the idea behind this series is to take a few things that we read uh, that maybe Jesus said, that Jesus did, that, that 
are kind of things that, especially in that day, would have been offensive to some people, thinking like, whoa, you're telling me this? Like, what does that even mean? And for some of us today, we can read something like this, and, and we, can, we can take offense to it. We can think, wow, I don't know what that really means. I don't know where to go with that. I don't know what to do with that. I don't, I don't really understand that. And so we're trying to, uh, trying to better understand some things that are in the Word of God that, that maybe we have just kind of pushed away or not really known what the meaning of it was. And uh, last weekend we talked about uh, the topic, the title of the message was, It Costs How Much? And we were talking about the cost of being a disciple of Jesus, that salvation is a free gift by grace through faith. There's nothing you can do to earn it, nothing you can do to receive it other than just receive it, what, what Jesus did for you. But following Jesus, it, it will cost you. Now we know that that it's it's a cost worth worth paying. It's something worth doing. It's uh, the end result is always best. But along the way, we talked about some things that we might experience, like brokenness and persecution, and and uh, everybody not liking you, and you know things like that. That Jesus said, "Listen, don't be surprised whenever these people." Jesus told us, He said, "Listen, they hated me." They hated me, and because you're following me, they're going to hate you too. And so don't be surprised, but take heart. I've overcome the world. I've overcome all of that stuff. And we talked about brokenness, persecution, uh, sacrifice versus investment, that the cost that, that Jesus is talking about is really an investment in the greater thing that is to come in your life and what God has a desire for your life. Uh, not, it's not really a sacrifice. It's not something that we think, wow, I'm having to give up this, and I have to do this, and I'm experiencing this. No, it's an investment in what God is doing in you. And today, as we continue our series, I want to talk to you on this subject. I've titled the message, A Guide for Behavior. A Guide for Behavior. And we're going to begin in Matthew 7, and then we'll slip over to Luke 6 in just a moment. But Matthew uh, wrote some things down that Jesus said, and he, he said it in this way. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1, he says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And we see, jumping over to Luke 6, uh, he records it this way, uh, very similar to something that Jesus said that he writes down. He says, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. How many of you would say that if, uh, if somebody was to look at you and say, you hypocrite, you might be a little bit offended. But Jesus is speaking and he's saying, listen, this is hypocritical what you're doing. And I want to talk about this for just a few moments and to the best of my ability, 
um, go through this the way that I feel like God is dealing with me uh, in this area and with these verses as I read these verses. These two passages of Scripture lead me to believe that Jesus knew that you know, we as people might enter into this place that we might, you know, these people that he's talking to, you know, in 1457, in 1984, in 2020, that Jesus, it's like he somehow knew, right, you know, he knows the end from the beginning, that we would need some direction in what we're calling today this guide for behavior. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to become accustomed to judging other people for their sin while missing what's actually going on in our own lives. And I, I just jotted down a few things. I was thinking some of the things that what this might look like is, you know, you've got some things going on in your own life that you haven't dealt with, some things that you're living in, some things that, that you haven't gotten right with God or allowed God to work out in you. And then we're, 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 we're saying things like, well, Frank, I know what you did last night. I mean, I know where you were. I know what you were doing. I know how it went down. I know, you know, I know exactly. I've got the detail. Well, Sarah, I think I have an idea what's going on behind closed doors. I know you're not telling anybody, but I think I know what's going on. I think what I know what's going on in your life. I think I know what you're living in. I think I know what's going on. John, I, I saw the way that you looked at that lady the other day when she was walking by. I saw it. I saw it. I saw the way you looked at her. I saw the way that and we need to we need we need to deal with this. We need to we need to have a heart to heart because I'm just telling you, Julie, I, I I heard what came out of your mouth the other day, and you know we're not supposed to be talking like that, and you shouldn't be saying things like that. And we have this tendency to be able to see into other people's lives what we know shouldn't be there. But a lot of times we forget to look at our own lives and see what shouldn't be there. Are you with me? And, and I want to talk about this for a moment, and I've got three points that we're going to dive into today. And, and the key, uh, what we're going to key on is what Jesus said in these verses. That, And then at the end, the last point is really how I feel like might be the best way to sum everything up and a question to ask ourselves as we end today. But I want to jump in today with point number one. If you're taking notes, here's point number one. You've got to focus on yourself first. Focus on yourself first. I didn't say focus on yourself only. You've got to focus on yourself first. Luke 6, 42. We just, we just read this. Let's look at it again. He says, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. Jesus isn't necessarily speaking against not helping each other. He's not speaking against, hey, don't point something out to them whenever you see something in their life. I've called you to point that out. I've called you to call that out. I've called you to, to be in their life and be invested and help other brothers and sisters in Christ figure out all of this that's going on in their life. But first... But first, don't be like the person that is so focused on what's going on in somebody else's life that you have completely missed what's going on in yours. First, and, and I kind of see this order that Jesus really set up in this verse, or these couple of verses that we read. He says it this way. He says, look at your own life first. Look at someone else's life second. He doesn't say, don't look at anybody else's life. Don't call anything else out in anybody else. 
But first, look at your own life because why? We have a tendency to have things in our eye when we're trying to take the speck out of somebody else's eye. In fact, Jesus is emphasizing this point, I believe, and the order to the degree that he refers to, if we were going to say this between me and you, he refers to you as having a speck in your eye and me as having a log in my eye. In other words, this thing that's going on in me is not sin is sin. It's not that it's worse than what you're doing. It's not that it's worse than what you're struggling with. It's not that it's worse than maybe the sin that you're dealing with. But it's so big in me, I need to focus on myself first because if I don't, I can't see clearly to help you. I can't see clearly to help work things out with you. To help you overcome what you need to overcome. To help to be that person for you. It's almost uh, this picture that I see in my mind of me walking around with this log that's in my eye and and every time I come to you and I try to help you with the speck that's in your eye, I just, I whack you in the face. Because when I get close enough to say anything to you, the log that's in my eye causes pain instead of helps. And Jesus even said, can a, can a blind man, can somebody who is not dealt with what's going on in them, can they actually lead somebody else who is not dealing with what's going on in them? Will they both not fall into a pit? Will it not actually cause more harm than good when we walk around with a log in our own eye trying to help other people with what it is that they're going through or the speck that's in their eye? Too often, I think, we, we feel like we can see so clearly what someone else needs to do but we have a difficult time seeing it and acknowledging the things in our own life that we're struggling with. And as I was studying this, I was asking myself and asking the Lord, why do we tend to get this out of order sometimes? And, and, and sometimes we find ourselves in a place to where we're trying to help somebody else. We're trying to, to, to call something out in somebody else, but we haven't dealt with really what's going on inside of us. And some of the things that just came to my mind was maybe if I point out your shortcomings, I'll feel better about my own because I don't think they're as bad as yours. And so instead of dealing with allowing God to work out in me what he needs to work out in me and, and the way that my life is going, if I point out something in you and I'm focused on helping you, then I don't have to deal with what's going on inside of me. Or maybe I have pride in my life that causes me to see myself as better than you and I'm unable to see it because I'm fixated on your problems and your struggles instead of what's going on in me. And so I'm trying to help people and I'm trying to, to call things out and trying to, you know, hey, there's a better way that God has for your life. But at the same time, if I don't remove the log from my own eye, all I do is whack you when I get around you. Are you with me? Maybe I've convinced myself and justified my own sin for so long that it has grown into this log in my eye. And here's the one that really I like the most. Isn't it just easier to see and point out other people's faults than it is to identify and deal with our own? Isn't it just easier for me, it's less painful for me to point out what's going on in your life and try to help you through what's going on in your life and try to, to, to guide you through, hey, you don't want to live that way, you don't want to do that, this is not going to turn out how you want it to do. But it's more difficult for me to see and to deal with 
what's going on inside of me. But Jesus says, listen, let me deal with what's going on inside of you so you can see clearly to help everybody else around you. So that you can see clearly to help everybody else around you. Let's get the order right. Because Jesus says, hey, it doesn't, it doesn't work this way. In verse 39, you know, we just read it. Can a blind man lead another blind man? Will they both not fall into a pit? And I love what Paul in his letter to the Romans, he kind of makes a similar point to the one that I think Jesus was making. And he writes this to the, to the, to the Romans. He says in, in verse, verse 10 of chapter 14, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. What if, what if instead of being so focused on passing judgment, what if we made the decision, what if I made the decision, what if you made the decision that I'm going to live my life in such a way that it will never cause you to stumble? That, that you are going to be able to look at my life and think, wow, they are living their life in such a way, I want them to help me. I want them to speak into my life. I want that they are not causing me to stumble. What if, instead of passing judgment, we focused on the way that we live and, and the things that would not cause others to stumble? I believe Jesus wants you to be in a place in your own life where you have dealt with your hang-ups, you've dealt with your sin, so that you are able to help those around you to see that God has a better desire for their life. But in order to do that, to help the people around us, we have to focus on ourselves first. Here's point number two. It's that your measure is like a boomerang. Your measure is like a boomerang. We read it, Matthew chapter 7. We'll look at a couple of verses here. Verses 1 and 2, Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Luke 6, 37 and 38, judge not and you will not be judged, condemn not and you will not be condemned, forgive and you will be forgiven, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. One of the uh, versions that I like to read is the Amplified. And so I want us to look at Matthew chapter 7. Verses 1 and 2, because the Amplified gives us some parentheses and some, uh, instead of just giving us one word, it kind of breaks down the word and it kind of it goes more in depth into the word and how it's worded. And so this is how the Amplified Bible puts it. It says, do not judge and criticize and condemn others unfairly with an attitude of self-righteous superiority as though assuming the office of a judge so that you will not be judged unfairly. For just as you hypocritically judge others when you are sinful and unrepentant, so will you be judged. And in accordance with your standard of measure used to pass out judgment, judgment will be measured to you. In other words, what of, what, whatever measure of judgment that you're dishing out toward other people with, this, with an attitude of self-righteousness will be the measure of judgment that you'll receive in return. What of, whatever 
criticism that you're dishing out toward other people with an attitude of self-righteousness will be the measure of criticism you will receive in return. Whatever measure of condemnation you're dishing out toward other people with an attitude of self-righteousness will be the measure of condemnation you will receive in return. So it begs the question, what is he talking about with self-righteousness? If this is obviously something that I need to avoid, I don't need to be looking into other people's lives with this attitude of self-righteousness. I looked up what this, the best definition that I could find, and it said a self-righteous person thinks their beliefs and morals are better than everyone else's. A self-righteous person thinks they can do no wrong and goes about with a holier-than-thou attitude, judging and scrutinizing everyone else. And here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying it's like there is an unseen device that catches this measure of criticism and condemnation and judgment that comes out in a way that says, hey, I'm better than you. At least I'm not dealing with that. At least I don't have that going on in my life. At least I'm better than they are in this area. At least I can see that in them, and I know that I'm not living my life that way. Whenever we begin to pass judgment, Jesus says that it has this way of, it's like this, this unseen thing that catches it and throws it back at you. And the measure that you sent out is the measure that you receive in return. This measurement, it's like a boomerang. If we think about what Jesus is saying in this way, then I wonder how it would change the way that we look at other people's lives and how we look at our own lives. And then here's point number three. It's simply this, to follow the golden rule. Follow the golden rule. I want to bring the worship team back up this morning. It's, it's interesting to me that if you continue to read Matthew 7, you'll eventually end with this summary of how, of how Jesus is saying that we should treat other people. And as I was, I was reading through this, and I was reading through these first five verses and six verses, and, and I was asking the Lord, like, how do you end talking about this? Like, where, where do you go from here? And here's what I felt like the Lord said, keep reading, keep on reading. And in my Bible, under the same heading, you get down to verse 12, and I think that Jesus is saying, listen, here is kind of the summary of what I want you to do and how I want you to consider other people. And so I want to read Matthew 7, 1 through 12 from the message paraphrase of the Bible, and this is what it says. He says, don't pick on people, jump on their failures criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling road show mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off of your own face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Don't be flip with the sacred. Banter and silliness give no honor to God. Don't reduce holy mysteries to slogans. In trying to be relevant, you're only being cute and inviting sacrilege. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide-and-seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. 
you're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think God who conceived you in love will be even better? And here it is, verse 12, right at the end of all of this that we just read. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do to you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and the prophets, and this is what you get. The Amplified Bible says verse 12 this way. It says, so then, in other words, in light of what I've just said, in light of everything that we've just talked about, in light of all of these ideas, so then in everything, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the essence of the law and the writings of the prophets. In, in this time, there were a group of people called the Pharisees. And many of us have heard of the Pharisees before. And the Pharisees were, were, were causing people to feel like, hey, we're better than you. We're doing everything right. We're looking at you and we're calling out everything that's wrong in your life. And Jesus could see into their life. How many of you know that Jesus can see into your heart today? And, and he was saying, listen, you hypocrite. You know what's going on in your own life. Yet you are portraying yourself as better than all of these other people and making them feel horrible for what's going on in their life. Listen, before you look at what's going on in somebody else's life, let me deal with you. Let me work out what's going on inside of you so that you can now effectively help other people. Treat other people the way you want them to treat you. Why? Because the way we treat others has a strange way of coming back around. You're asking the question, how do I decide how to handle this situation that I'm in right now in my life? Think about how I want someone else to handle it with me. How do I handle what's going on with this person? I think about how I would want someone else to treat me. In what way should I live my Christian life? I should live it in this way, by thinking about this golden rule. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. As we do this thing called Christianity, called following Jesus, you and I are called to help each other. We are called to hold each other accountable. We are called to be there for each other. We are called to be able to look at each other and say, I see this going on in your life. What, what's going on? Is there something I can help you with? You know, I, I don't think you want to go down this road. And to be able to call those things out. But I think before we can do that effectively as God intends for us to do it, we have to remove some things from our own eyes so that we can see clearly What is, what, is, what, is, what is Jesus saying? You can't call out sin in somebody else that you're living with in your own life. If you're blinded, how can you help somebody else that's blind? First, remove the law from your own eye so that you can see clearly to help the people around you. 
to show them that God has a better desire for their life than the way that they're living. And I see this in you, and I love you enough to tell you, and I've already worked out in me what God needs to work out in me, so I'm prepared to come to you in love and, and, and say, listen, I see this. Let's talk about this. Do to others. Treat others. Think about how you would want this to go, and then do it in that way for other people. You stand to your feet today. I want to invite the prayer team to come down. And I just have one question that I want you to ask today. And this is the way that I felt like God wanted us to end this is for us to just ask the question, to just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there anything in, in me that needs to be removed? Is there a log in my eye that I'm not seeing and, and I want to be able to see clearly? I want to be able to help my brothers and sisters. I want to be able to, to do this thing right. And so, God, will you search me? Is there anything inside of me that I need to get right with you so that I can effectively love and help the people around me? So will you close your eyes? bow your heads all across this room we're going to sing a song in just a moment and then we're going to be dismissed but I want to ask you to ask that question just right there where you are just Holy Spirit is there something inside of me we're called to help each other we're called to hold each other accountable we're called to do life in this way but is there something inside of me that you need to work out so that I can effectively love and hold accountable the people that are in my life, the people that God has placed in my life, the people that are following Jesus alongside me. So Holy Spirit, right now, would you just show us, is there anything, God, that we would pray? Is there anything that I need you to work out in me? so that I can help those around me, so that I can help other believers know, hey, I know there's a better way and a better desire that God has for my life, and I want you to have the same thing. God, you got to work it out in us first. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal it. We ask you to bring it to light. We ask you to, to show us if there's anything that we need to give to you today. In Jesus' name.